You're listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. This is Exercise Hamill 2016, and I've come out to the headquarters of Battle Group Jacker to catch up with two members of the Battle Group who are both Army Reservists. So, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Candice Hickey. I'm a radio operator at 1086 Squadron from down in Melbourne, and in my civilian life, I'm studying to be maths and physics teacher. G'day, my name's Chris Hart, I'm a private from 87 RVR, Charlie Company out of Mildura. I'm an infantryman here. My civil life, I'm a police officer. What comes through straight away, of course, then, is that you have other lives, other jobs, and yet you've come out here for this exercise. How challenging is it to do that, to be able to get that balance between your army career and your civilian career? I'm very fortunate my civilian employer is actually very positive towards the army, so she's happy to let me go and come on exercises like this, and it slides in pretty well with the university as well. How does it work for you then, Chris? Uh, it works well. My employer sees the benefits of, of things that the Army can give me. I'm fortunate enough to get time off as well. Um, it's a lot of fun for me to come out here and, and basically have a second job. There's lots of people in the police who are in the Army Reserve, aren't there? Yes, there are. Yeah, The similarities in terms of the command structure and uh, the police is somewhat a paramilitary organisation, so the same sort of people are drawn to it. For me, this is enjoyable. I mean, this is somewhat recreation as opposed to just a job. So I enjoy taking this opportunity to get away from my day-to-day job. It gives me something different to do. And, I mean, there, there are similarities, but it is very different as well. So. And what specifically would you say the Army has taught you as a reservist? Well, the Army puts a lot more emphasis on you as an individual in terms of your individual skills and professionalism. Time management skills and things like that are, are very important in the Army, and, and leadership skills probably the biggest. There, there's a lot of trust that's put on you as an individual, whereas in other employments uh, i found that you, you tend to be told what to do all the time in terms of individual tasks, whereas here, once you gain certain knowledge, there's an expectation you can carry that out. So it, it certainly builds your own confidence and leadership skills, um, and I think that there's really nowhere else that you can do that. And have you found there's skills here that you've been able to take back to your civilian work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they uh, things like confidence in your ability to talk to people and, and command. Obviously, as a police officer, we have to deal with members of the public. Having that confidence and that ability behind you certainly helps with that job. And for you, Candice, training to be a maths and science teacher, how has this job helped you with that? Well, being a radio operator, a lot of the science behind that is part of the science that I learn to be a physics teacher, so that ties in really well. Coming back to that leadership thing, so I've just come back from a, a course for some leadership in the Army, and being a teacher, you have to teach in front of the classroom, you've got that public speaking. In the Army, you also learn how to teach your skills to others as well, so how to stand in front of the classroom and develop instruction and teach it as well, so it ties in well with that. And as a signaller, what kind of training have you had to undertake? Because I imagine in some ways it's technically quite complex. Yes, as a reservist, there's at least four two-week blocks of training that I had to conduct to finish my basic level of training. And then new training comes out as new equipment comes out. You have to be qualified on that as well. So I still have far more courses to do just to be fully qualified on all that sort of stuff. What about for you, Chris? What kind of training have you been through to get to the stage where you are now? I was infantryman. Obviously, uh, you go through Kapuki 28 days recruit training course. Um, and then there are two two-week blocks of your basically advanced infantry tactics and, uh, and weapons handling. Once you complete that, you, you're qualified. But really, that's when you start your learning. It, 
you, you pick up all your skills out here in the bush and from your peers and, and uh, section commanders. That's where the real knowledge comes. So Candice, what do you think Exercise Hamill is going to offer you in terms of your professional development? Coming on Exercise Hamill as a radio operator, you actually get to see a lot more equipment that you wouldn't see in a reserve unit back in Melbourne. Some of the vehicles we're using here and definitely a lot of the new equipment I haven't seen before until I came here. And it's great to have that opportunity to pick that up and learn those new skills so that when that equipment comes over to us, we've already full bottle on it. As a reserve element, uh, especially from country Victoria, we, we don't often get to, to come out and and see what goes on in big army and, and um, so an exercise like this is invaluable in, in our aspect. I mean, we, we get to work with multiple elements and multiple assets and combined arms training is, is really, I think, the, at the crux of what, what we need to be focused on. We can focus on our individual skills at our home, home units, but until we come out in a place like this with the numbers that we have here and the, and the multinational forces we have here, there's really no other way to simulate conflicts or, or issues that we'd be dealing with overseas of today. Candice and Chris, thank you very much. Now, as we're standing here, Battle Group Jacker are preparing to rehearse a counter-attack scenario just behind us here. And one of the people involved in that is Lieutenant Lachlan Poppins, and he's with me now. So tell us, Lieutenant Poppins, what's your role here on Exercise Hamel? My role is a platoon commander. I am with the battle group headquarters. I have two tasks. Uh, one is the quick reaction force as well as I provide integral security uh, to the battle group headquarters. And which unit are you from when you're not part of battle group Jacker? I'm from 4th 19th Prince of Wales Light Horse which is uh, in Melbourne in Simpson Barracks and I've been posted there for about the past four years. And what kind of training have you received since you joined the army? Well I joined the army 11 years ago. I started as a soldier. I drove APCs and ASLAVs I was fortunate enough to deploy as well uh, to the Middle East a few years ago as a soldier. After I came back, I decided to become an officer and I was lucky enough to go back to the cavalry as well and have been loving it ever since. What was that like then, making that transition from being a soldier to becoming an officer? It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed my time as a soldier and I think I learnt a lot, but I wanted something more from Army and so I decided to become an officer and I always, every day I try and keep in the back of my mind Every decision that I make has a much broader impact upon the soldiers on the ground. And in terms of your role here as part of Battle Group Jacker, what specifically are you hoping to achieve in terms of your own training? Well, we've been training for at least uh, 12 to 18 months to get to this point. I really want to hone some of the finer points that we've been training on. So specifically, combined arms teams, I think, so important. And it's really great. Uh, just this morning, I've been working with people from the artillery as well as the engineers just and it's so rare that you get that opportunity to do that sort of training back in our own home depots that's my main that's my main focus is combined arms training across the battle group and how does it work then with battle group jacker being a reinforcing battle group that's a reserve formation how are you plugging in to first brigade so 1st Brigade are essentially the leading force element, so they have a lot of the hard-hitting power uh, to mechanised battle groups. We are a smaller, somewhat lighter battle group, further to the rear, and we ensure that their lines of communication and supply are kept open, are kept running, so that they can continue the push forward south. So you're in the Army Reserve. Have you always been a reservist? Yes, I've always been a reservist. I did two years uh, continuous full-time service where I went overseas, but always a reservist, yes. 
And what does that mean to you? How would you describe being a reservist to um, to a member of the public that's not familiar with Army? I guess a reservist, first of all, there's commitment. And I think the commitment is probably more so than people imagine. As, as the ads used to say, you know, one night a week, uh, one weekend a month and a, a few weeks a year. I found it certainly more than that for me. I'm up to uh, five weeks continuous training this uh, year and I think being a reservist you need to ensure that you are committed to doing a lot of training. What do you do then in your civilian life? I'm a mechanical engineer. I work for a company called Rheinmetall MAN Military Vehicles and we are currently supplying the Australian Army with two and a half thousand new trucks that will replace the Unimog Mac S-liner fleet and I'm lucky enough to work on uh, the heavy tractor variant and also I do a lot of the protection ensuring that the soldiers inside the inside the armoured armored cabin that we offer are very well protected from bombs and direct fire. There's very much then a crossover it sounds between your civilian life and your military life. Yes indeed yeah certainly they both feed one another let's say and coming here on exercise it makes you realise just how important those kind of assets those logistical assets are and it really makes me uh, turn up to work and and want the absolute best design for our soldiers because I've seen uh, some things which can be improved and I thoroughly will seek that those designs in my trucks. How does your employer deal with the fact that you're away on exercise like this though for weeks on end at times? Mm. There's no doubt that my employer does does miss me while I, while I am away. There's certainly uh, a burden of work but through constant uh, communication and early early warning at least you know three four five months out I'm able to advise my employer I might you know I'll be away for this period I'll be away for that period ultimately it's a negotiation between the two of us to ensure that we're both happy. In terms then of the training that you receive within the army how does that translate back to your civilian job? The training I receive in army I guess specifically the best one that I, I learn that I'm lucky enough to learn is the leadership command and management. That has uh, brought me so far forward in my civilian career that I can I can sit there amongst a group of other engineers and project managers in my office and speak with clarity, concisely, and dictate uh, what I see as, for example, a problem and then communicate a solution to that problem as well. And what about the other way around? How does your civilian training come to help you in this environment on exercise? My civilian training is probably less so transferable, but certainly the training that I received from my employer with respect to uh, protection of soldiers, uh, specifically within vehicles, makes me very cognizant of how best we can protect our soldiers. For example, just being within a, pr a protected mobility vehicle, ensuring absolutely every piece of equipment is tied down, the soldiers are strapped in to ensure that everything is secure within the vehicle to the greatest extent. Even the smallest item can become a lethal object in an IED event. Given now that you're here on Exercise Hamill, what do you intend to achieve by the end of the exercise? By the end of the exercise, I'd like to have a very good command control uh, strategy with my section commanders so that we intimately know each other's thoughts and movements. And I also want to understand to the greatest extent possible. Uh, firstly, combine arms teams and further explore how they work and how we can work one with one another. And secondly, just how the battle group headquarters works as a command and control element. 
Lieutenant Lachlan Poppins, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Mascaldere reporting from Exercise Hamill 2016. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.